Before you go, buddy, let me ask you something. How come y'all end up with four life jackets? Didn't we have an extra one? No. Drew wasn't wearing his. Well, how come he... he wasn't wearing it? I don't know. Don't ever do nothing like this again. Don't come back up here. I'd kind of like to see this town die peaceful. Episode 118 of the Cult of Matt Mark, Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to like us on Facebook at the Cult of Matt Mark, or hit our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com, or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Any show news this week, Mr. Hudson? Show news. Did you post something about uh, Nova Byzantium? Yes. What what exactly uh, was that post specifically about, other than just... The cover art, right? Just fucking hype, man. Just hyping it. Oh, man. Summer hype. We'll get you on uh, Total uh, Request Live. (laughs) That's That's where going. I have watched MTV in so long. Pretty much sure it's just like pregnant mothers and like drunk chicks in their 20s. Yeah, there's no more TRL. We'd have to take Carson Daly uh, hostage and uh, make him do it. At gunpoint, if we wanted to get some actual TRL circuit 2014 going. Like on Community Cable? That, that sounds Ooh, it's a like idea. a screenplay. Community Cable, man. Just YouTube that shit. Yeah. Is, I don't think... Does Community Cable even exist any longer? No. Why no. would it? You just put it on the internet. There's no point any longer. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I had uh, my buddies up... Oh, God. I want to say almost a decade ago. Uh, for the... AAS conference, which is in Seattle. It used to be every four years, which is the American Astronomical Society. Uh, my grad school friends were astronomers. So they all rendezvoused, and I think I was hosting two or four, three of them, three of my, my friends from Wyoming. And uh, my buddy Bob was sleeping on the couch downstairs. <laughs> and about three in the morning, he starts screaming. He goes, Blowjobs! Oh my God, blowjobs! <laughs> and we're like, what? And so uh, we all go stumbling downstairs, and uh, there is hardcore and pornography on the community access channel here mm. in uh, Seattle. Uh, I don't know. Was that was that Mike Cunt? I think there was a guy in the area called Mike Cunt who did like a porn review community cable. Uh, TV oh, really? show for a while, but I don't remember what it was called. I just heard, vaguely remember hearing about it in the 90s. And I think uh, I might have were... actually seen it on episodes. It was like a creepy guy talking about pornography. And I don't even, man, I don't even remember. It was just some really bad VHS transfers of uh, like uh, 80s, early 90s blowjobs. And mm. uh, I didn't, I, I was too, I was like, oh, that's great. And then I went back upstairs and let uh, Bob enjoy himself there, but uh, I there used to be a show. It was like some guy had a scrambler, and he would extort the audience. Like it was like an hour long show, and he would extort the audience for money. So he's like, okay, uh, he would have like a dialathon, and like every time he got a little bit more money, he would dial down the scramble a little bit. And mm. so the whole goal is if you gave him enough money early on, he would turn off the scramble and you could watch like hardcore porn for like the last 15, 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, so, that's a, it's kind of a good idea. idea. And no longer viable uh, market strategy. Not anymore. No, we've moved on. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I don't even remember. It was uh, show community news. At, oh, show news. We were and talking, you're talking about, like, about the, cable. the exciting astronomers conference. Uh, there's something about c- community cable or something weird discussing i don't remember anyway. oh we were talking about a screenplay what we we're talking about a screenplay mm-hmm. what f- fuck man you know what i realized this morning we got to smoke less pot i realized i was hungover all day and didn't know it 
How old oh, am I? How oh, fucking old oh, am just I? Just a second. Oh, you were drinking some scotch on Friday night, I'm guessing. I was I was at home drinking bourbon and rocks, and I don't normally drink bourbon and rocks, but I buy like a I don't know thirty thirty five dollar bottle of bullet. Uh, uh, now I go to Eagle Rare, ten year old. It's a mm. good sipping bourbon, mm. and I was hitting it hard, and uh, it's good shit. And so the baby just, wouldn't stop crying. <laughs> Why is this baby crying? God damn it! And uh, that was long after she went to bed. But uh, I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I was fine, and everything. Tired as fuck, man. Mm. And, I mean, it was like I felt like I had the flu with no symptoms, like mm. all day. And I was like, God damn, am I coming down with something? Do I have fucking, like, MERS? Or I don't know. I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And then I realized about 4 or 5 in the afternoon that I was actually hungover all day because I started feeling gradually better. And I was like, I was fucking hungover. But I didn't have the headache. Didn't have the stomach. I just had that haze all day. Mm. Well, I, I guess I don't really quite. Is it just dehydration? Some people say it's something to do with the aged whiskeys, like some of the chemicals pulled out of the wood. I don't know, man, but we'll it was give, a, give you will get, get you feeling hungover, sort of a, it, even if you rehydrate yourself properly. No, there wasn't any headache. It was just that that like out of commission feeling. That you Did you get. forget to take your serotonin reuptake inhibitors? Or are you not on those? Uh, no, but you know, I always like to drop about ten Xanax when I'm drinking bourbon. <laughs> did you uh, Did you have coffee? Or are you on a no caffeine? No, kick? fuck, man. No, I hit coffee hard today. Okay. I was like coughing it up. I just I couldn't figure it out, and then I realized I was like, I know I'm hungover. <laughs> well, don't tell your wife. <laughs> no, I told her. Oh shit! She, well, she was relieved because I was I was thinking I was coming down coming with some down. kind oh, of yeah, fucking yeah. toxic yeah. flu and giving it to my child. No, you don't so. want to give your kid the MERS. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see. I, well, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't give her a hangover. Well, at least not yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, right, you man. can, let's, but you shouldn't. Let's get rolling with this week's movie. Uh, this week's movie, it's not a cult classic. It's a straight up classic. It's the nineteen seventy two uh, John Borman film Deliverance, starring mm. John Voight and Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, and Co Hagen. Beady, 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 beady. Did you recognize Cohagen? I did see Co. He was really <laughs> good in this film. I didn't realize it was him till after he took his glasses off. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but he was he he did he had a really nice performance in this movie. You sort of forget that he's actually a pretty pretty damn good actor. Yeah, he's he was the first member of the cast to be cast for the film. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's get in the plot rundown real quick. At the behest of Iron John S. Lewis, played by Burt Reynolds, the less adventurous. Ed, played by John Voight, Bobby, played by Ned Biddy, and Drew, played by Ronnie Cox, agree to canoe down an uncharted section of the river before a dam project ruins the region. After warnings from the grimy, impoverished locals and Drew's tuneful yet ominous dueling banjos encounter with a muted inbred boy, the four men embark on their trip, exulting in the beauty of nature and the initial thrill of the rapids. The next day, however, things begin to take a turn for the worst when Bobby and Ed decide to rest on shore after becoming separated from Lewis and Drew. The two rifle-wielding mountain two rifle-wielding mountain men emerge from the woods, tying up Ed, while one of them rapes Bobby and makes him squeal like a pig. Lewis and Drew rescue them, but the attack irrevocably irrevocably changes the tenor of the journey as the river gets rougher and rougher the men come to nightmarish grips with what it means to survive outside the safety net of civilization a little long-winded i know but, yeah i was uh, a little on the that was a little on the uh, <sighs> side but that's all right i think i think he wrapped it up nicely in the end leaving the second half of the film uh uns- open said yeah. Unsaid, like even though we'll spoil that, the shit out of it anyway. He talks anyway, about but. the safety net of society. And I didn't really... Is that really what this film's about? About well, loss of the safety net? I guess a little bit, because no. Lewis well, has okay. got this survivalist thing going on. So, yeah, Lewis is uh, the prime mover of the film, right? Because well, he's his, the instigator. Well, he's the instigator, but... Uh, his, what's the right word? Domination He's over. Got a yeah, his personality has domination over the inadequacies of his buddy Ed, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to the, uh, I guess, the cliff scene 
where where Ed has to climb up the cliff to uh, take out the second mountain men who mm-hmm. escaped, right? I mean, all that stuff kind of um, and and Lewis is he's fucking with people throughout the whole film until he gets injured and is out of commission. But you know, he has. Uh, you know, well, he goes into the talking about a game, how it's all a game, yeah, and that whole thing. I, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. I, I no, guess I don't, I don't think so. I get. I mean, you know, I was watching this, and obviously, this movie has notoriety because of the male rape scene with Ned B. I think that's probably yeah, that seems, why this film that is seems pretty is shocking, and it must is, be especially shocking in what seventy two. When did this yeah, come out? Yeah, seventy two. Let's see, seventy two. Yeah, so. And there's not, I mean, it, there's, I guess it's vivid. Uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't know. See, the, the, the twist, if you will, is that I think, um, ironically, uh, Sam Peckinpah was going to do this film, but traded up to do Straw Dogs at the time, which is also about rape, but it's about female rape. And for whatever reason, I'm just going to say that there's a double standard. And I'm going to say uh, it's much less verboten to depict scenes of female rape in film than it is necessarily one of male rape. Because I think it hits men uh, in a vulnerable area, uh, literally and figuratively, <laughs> that, that I think just... Uh, shakes a man to a different level. I don't know. Maybe, okay, I'm maybe being sexist and double standard there. But it's, I mean, is that what it, is that what the gist is? Is that kind of why this movie is out, is still echoing and I guess uh, uh, stirring the pot, if you will? Well, that certainly is very shocking. The move, The movie takes a real hard turn there about, that's about a third, a little, maybe a, little further into the movie with that scene. I mean, basically, the movie's going pretty well. These guys ha- are having an adventure, which is important to have in your life. Take some risk. I mean, Lewis is a guy that likes to take a little risk. and right. uh, He doesn't like insurance, remember? Because yeah. there's too much risk. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean there's, the- there's insurance and then there's insurance, you know? This is yeah, maybe yeah. a guy who just rents a place, and uh, he has got an old four-wheel drive car and what's how much can he really lose i mean i guess health insurance could be another but he seems like he's wearing some accoutrements of a fire department stuff is is that what he's wearing no he's wearing he looked like a a a wetsuit vest like a well the wetsuit wetsuit vest vest. but over the wetsuit vest uh early in the film i think he's wearing like some sort of uh like fireman's coat has like i think it has like some badges on it so it looks like he's he's i think he's supposed to be a firefighter or something so i'm sure he has some health benefits i mean he's a little bit of a he's has he's sort of a bravado he has a certain sort of level of uh machismo yeah and he's sort of exuding it the way he deals with everybody he gets in people's faces and uses really aggressive body language and that's just sort of his shtick I mean, even right. I think Bobby calls him on it that he's 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 a lot of bluster, but maybe he's hiding for some of his inadequacies. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a persona that we've all encountered, and uh, I mean, it's an important part. You you have to have some some sort of blind bravery in your life, otherwise you're too risk adverse. And uh, so he he sort of exemplifies that element in all of us, where we just say "fuck it, let's do it, let's mix it right. up." Let's, let's right. kick some shit and see what happens. And really, what are they doing? They're going up into a, a river that is not known as a, a rafting river, I'm guessing, unless people didn't raft rivers in 72. Well, obviously, there's no infrastructure for it because they have to, I guess, uh, uh, pay a bunch of hillbillies to take their, their rigs back down the, the river, right? So I this mean, is probably not a great rafting river for whatever reason, Uh I think Lewis got in his head that he, maybe he'd been up there as a kid. He didn't really explain why he's fascinated with this river, but they do take the time to talk about how this river's basically disappearing outside of Atlanta, up in the hills. Right, yeah, well, it's being flooded by a dam downriver. Yeah, it's being raped by man. Actually. Raped? Oh, I don't know. I'm getting a little metaphoric there. I don't think, I think this movie's 
pretty straightforward. I thought they start off the movie like that, mm. that this everything's dying here. So they want to go down this river before it's dead. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, that's a that's a pretty it's not really much metaphor. I mean, they're pretty straightforward. There's a bunch of scene of strip mining right. and flooded uh, towns and roadways. I mean, this movie's pretty straightforward about its view on uh, man's use of of the wild places of the world. So, anyways, they want to go take a trip down this. You know, it sounds like it's not that long of a trip. It's supposed to take them basically a couple days, like a weekend. Yeah, it's basically two nights and uh, like two and a half, and, and two nights and like uh, about two days worth of time because they start, you know, around right. noon. They're supposed to be on Friday. It sounds like they're starting like. They got off of work early on Friday. Yeah, yeah. They had to stray up because it sounds like they're sort of in a hurry. They want to get going. Right. And they're going to be done on Sunday around noon in time to get back and watch some football. So it's supposed to – I don't think it's supposed to be that adventurous. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like that great of a risk. No, I mean I wouldn't think too much of it. They're going up into the hills. They're going to go down a river that's not known as being – I doubt being terribly dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, they, there's some rapids there, but you know, maybe they got a little over their heads. But I don't think anybody would expect they'd run into some hillbillies that rape them, <laughs> and then <laughs> maybe be hunted after that. It's the movie's not clear about that. Um, uh, yeah. So, in any ways, is is Lewis really being irresponsible? It just sounds like they're well, having a guy is in their late 30s adventure. Well, I, I mean, everybody is in Lewis's world. If he, you know, uh, for this trip, they're in yeah, Lewis's world. They're going to have and an I, adventure with Lewis. Lewis is a guy that likes to mix some shit up. It doesn't right. really, on its face, it doesn't really seem like that bad of an idea. Right. So, uh, what were we getting at? Uh, we're I talk- guess. I guess we're talking about we were talking about the Lewis character. Well, Lewis as being sort of the prime mover. Yeah, and... but he doesn't seem like a particularly irresponsible guy to me. No, he's not. No, I mean what he, he... the the whole idea. They're not, you know, they're not going behind enemy lines for a. You know, well, okay, so let's talk. I thought you were going to actually play the clip where uh, Lewis is going on about the law uh, at the beginning because that's kind of the crux, I think, of the movie. Is he starts talking about, you know, because you have. Uh, the after after he shoots the guy with the bow and arrow. Oh, and when they they're talking discussion. about what to do with the body, right? And so civilization, or uh, I guess the city world, uh, they, that's how they start basing their decisions. And then uh, Lewis begins, I guess, sort of a morality argument with regard to. Are we going to let the law sort this out? You know, are we going to let a possibly rigged uh, put ourselves at the mercy of a possible, possibly rigged bias system? Uh, because you know we're up here in the woods, a bunch of city slickers uh, murdered this guy. Uh, you know, can we make the case that that uh, you know we were under duress, that a member of our party was being sexually assaulted? You know, the, the, he puts it in sort of this. Like, what's the moral thing versus the legal thing to do? Mm -hmm. And it's one thing that always bugs me, I think, about a lot of, when they call them the bleeding hearts, especially when it comes to... Are you talking uh, about Drew here? No, no, well, I'm talking more in general about, uh, like, when we talk, and I kind of got into this back in the day, when we, like, we're invading countries and uh, talking about our illegal war you know, invasion of Iraq, our illegal invasion of it wasn't legal. And then people get hung up with legality as if the law is some icon of morality that we should all adhere to. People break all kinds of unjust laws all the time in protests, you know, whether it back in the South, it was Jim Crow laws, you know, we can go down a, a list of shitty unjust laws that, you know, uh, are rampant in history. I'm not well, saying law murder is your friend or law can be your enemy. Right. I generally, saying... you can't. <laughs> laws are sort of a glue that holds society together. 
and I don't think uh, well, they're a law that holds society together if they're if they're levied equally on all members. Well, the, that's the thing. No, no, no. The, the, they tie society together whether or not they keep the impoverished under the thumb and and benefit the wealthy and well bred. Um, right. They still or hold society together. Keep slaves on plantations. Yeah. yeah right. No, understood. Look, it was just so, because it was legal to own a person didn't make the United States fall apart. And, well, for um, until a while, but that was because there was a big global movement to right. move away from slavery, and it started to become not really economically viable. So Lewis brings, I guess, that context to the discussion of what we're going to do with the body. And, you know, I'd like to think I'd be on Lewis's side. I'd be voting in his favor. Uh, but I'm not, because I would be thinking of all the legal ramifications of hiding the body, burying mm-hmm. the body, having that body come out, um, being, uh, I guess, at the mercy mercy of the uh, accomplice who escaped up into the hills, you know, uh, that whole thing. So sitting, you know, watching that, I was like, God, what the fuck would I do? You know, what if I was Ed? It makes a real quandary. Uh, you know, would I would I would I be along with Lewis and say, oh, let's bury this fucker? You know, well, more- I think I, from a standpoint of I don't know I don't know much about natural law other than the term, but certainly that guy deserved to die. Well, that's the thing from sort of a basic uh, standpoint that his, it, it, his death was an appropriate action by Lewis at that point in time. Well, right, morally speaking, the guy deserved to be killed and buried in a shallow grave in the woods anonymously, and 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 you know that be. Isn't you know that be his end? I, that's the interesting thing because there's especially with the gratuity of his crime that you get to see right? fucking you know for five or ten minutes or however long that fucking scene goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, all I could think of was uh, uh, Bobby could have done with a little cardio. <laughs> Well, he wasn't that fat. He has pretty standard level of fatness. Oh, no, but he just got so exhausted trying to fend off his rapist there. That was like uh, the hardest part. Yeah, the rapist was pretty exhausted, too. Oh, man, that was the hardest part. Watching his, like, fucking... Like, well, what are you supposed to do? He's got his underwear around his ankles? Look, I don't know. He, they, were, they got physical... I mean, what are you going to do? You're in the middle of the woods, some guy comes up with a shotgun. I mean, what what can you do? You sort of have to just sit there and take your abuse. I know it was a very un-Hollywood scene. Because, I mean, it was it was a powerful scene because uh, it's they're succumbing to the crime. Just like, no man, I'd fucking rip that shotgun away from that mother toothless motherfucker, and I'd blow both those fuckers away. You know, I'd make them beg for mercy. And you're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that in real life. I would just hope. I was going to get through it alive with whatever they're going to do to me. Well, and see, you know, this is the thing. I think this gives this scene gives men a little insight into how some women feel in all well, sorts of thing. social situations. That we can't really empathize with them largely because we're just not at the same risk for like uh, getting raped. Anyways, we're we're at a pretty good risk for getting, getting killed. murdered. But depending on the circles we hang in. It's pretty easy, I think, as a uh, a normal member of society, at least from where you and I are coming from, to avoid getting murdered. Yeah. Generally yeah. pretty easy, right? Uh, it's probably easier for us to avoid getting murdered than it is for a woman in our same position to avoid getting raped. I would definitely agree with that because, uh, yeah, I've... I've now, that no- wouldn't be the case for all men, but for us. I for think us, probably say that it's very unlikely that somebody's going to come into your house and kill you. Yeah, our uh, risk factor for violent crime, including rape and murder and assault, is much less than it is for a woman, right? You know, I, I mean, I don't know the numbers. That's my feeling. I mean, I don't I'm, worry I'm about you. it. The thing is, I don't know what it is, but like a lot of guys, I don't really worry about it. I no, don't, I don't worry about getting mugged and killed. I mean, it's possible. I look. You get pistol whipped every once in a while. I think both you and I uh, have, have secondhand seen the the that happen before. But, yeah. But um, I think, I don't know what it is. I mean, just talking to women, they seem to be more worried about being assaulted than guys are. And I don't know if it's because of the numbers or what it is, but that's just well, the way I've always seen it. 
And this movie gives you a little insight into that predicament. Maybe so. Maybe you could use this as an example for a point of empathy or not empathy, but sympathy. Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's why this movie, at least for me is so powerful. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, (laughs) it's like really, you know, chicks think of a rapist. Like I think of some hillbilly who's trying to fucking anally rape me in the woods. It's like, yes. How are you supposed to feel about that? Well, I know. Well, that's. Think about the person who would do that to you. Well, it, 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 it gives you, it gives men an essential empathy that, that we always lack. This gives, this gives a, a visual. You can sort of taste it in your mouth a little bit. The well, and like Ned Beatty's exhaustion mm-hmm. trying to fend off this fucking crazy fucker. Mm-hmm. And like just just almost, you know, uh, like at his mercy and just telling him no. And, you know, and but then it was just... it was it legitimate rape? <laughs> was he asking it being all peaky? Oh. God damn! And dressing in the freaking... dressing in those khakis and that hat, that fisherman's hat. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on those fucking Republican. So freaks. getting getting beyond, I'd like to come back to this rape scene a little later. But let's let's talk about their decision about what their decision to, what to do with the dead man. Yeah, bury him in a shallow grave. I, you know, the thing is, in hindsight. They probably could have brought the body down to the police, and it would have been handled in a professional manner. Well, you get if they would have uh, made it, right? If they would have made it, they probably could. It, they probably could have worked out. I mean, we we saw the cops at the end; they seemed pretty competent. They weren't a bunch well, of no, uh, cops. Well, actually, a little bit of trivia: the cop, the sheriff, was the author of the novel. I forget the author's name. Yeah, James James Dickey's portrayal as the sheriff there. Right. Heard, most of the dialogue at our intro was him. One reason I really like that performance and having him be the author of the uh, the book, the the movie's based on, I think is pretty powerful. Well, he knew, you know, he knew what's up. I mean, you know, that's why he said he's, you know, I'm gonna he, he, at that scene there at the beginning. He was like, I'm. You could tell he's like, I'm about seventy five percent sure you guys had something to do with those f- fuck nuts disappearance. Uh, but let's just go ahead and forget about it. Cause you know, I'm sure they weren't his favorite people in town, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some violent fucking uh, half wits, illiterate half wits. I bet you, uh, they were no if, friends of the police officers, right? If they never showed up again, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that sheriff's. And he uh, knows that worry. since, since everything's being drowned. Nothing's nothing's ever going to be investigated about this once the once the it's wrapped up. The right. thing is that either way, things worked out. I guess for these guys. Well, except I mean, for neither decision was really the wrong decision. Well, except for Drew is. Well, uh, that's died. the one thing I wonder about. I mean, why does Drew fall off the boat? Well, they say he was shot, and they investigate well, no, no, they his don't body. Say he was shot. Lewis says he was shot, and there was no sound of a shot. No, no. Well, because you're in a rushing river, and is in and uh, the gunman was up on the, the, the up on the ridge or whatever. I don't. The movie is not really clear whether he shot no, or, it, or he just well, he just falls. He just uh, like faints because of the stress of the situation. No, it is it is totally clear because when uh, Bobby and Ed. Go investigate his Bobby, his body, Drew's body. By the mm-hmm. way, that's that that Ronnie Cox is double jointed. That was his oh, is, that. was that his actual arm? I was wondering yeah. that. I thought that was a pretty impressive uh, prosthetic. Yeah, to dislocate it like that. That was but, that was his deal. Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty cool. That was pretty. That was pretty creepy. That's well, remember pretty... they investigated his body and then go. He was shot. That's why no. they had to sink him with a rock. No, though I don't think they said that. Basically, they investigated his body and they go, "Was he shot?" And I don't think it was clear to them. There's under a lot of stress, and they didn't like strip the body and inspect it. What the fuck what, did they uh, bury him what, with a rock? But what Ed says is that if we bring him back, uh, there's people who he says I think his word is there's people who could figure out whether he was shot or not. So to be safe for oh. our story, we're going to have to cook up. It's better they never find the body. Couldn't find a fucking bullet hole in the dude. I don't know. They they didn't look like they took a good look. There wasn't clearly. Remember, they, they're sort of looking at some wounds and uh, 
Bobby's yeah. going, well, maybe he hit a rock or something there. Oh, all right. So okay. it's a little up in the air whether he not got shot. Um, so as far as their decision to bury that guy in the shallow grave or bring him back, it seems like maybe bring him back would have been the better choice since there was competent law enforcement at the end. Well, and- yeah, but they didn't know that. Come on, man. Like, I mean, look at the people they're dealing with. They're a bunch just, of like, I mean, aggressive, hindsight. Yeah. aggressive, xenophobic, you know, fucking mean hillbillies. I, 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 I would, I would throw in with uh, Lewis's argument. I mean, I'd be totally on board. Like, in yeah, the stress man. of the situation, I think it'd be it'd be interesting to see what the numbers would really be. But I think you probably get a mix. But I'd likely, oh boy, if I was the one that was raped, I'd probably want to bury him in a shallow grave. Well, see, um, if I was, if I was well, Ed yeah. and I went through that, the scene, I probably would have wanted to, but I can understand where Drew's coming from. It's, hey, look guys, we're not that far away from the society, from society here. We're not, we don't have that free of a hand to play, even though everything seems to line up to give us that free hand. As well, the other thing is. is, is, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be easier just to, to get out of here and, and not not have to deal with any of this shit or not you just leave to, the body you know, and, and get down and go to the cops well not even go to the cops just fucking get in your rigs and get the fuck out of there and and, and wipe your hands clean of that place you uh, know, there's, i don't know there's a guy who knows what's going on i mean see it, that's it, like it's, it's like flood the, after a while i mean he could come back for the body I well think it's like the hit hmm? it's like the hit and run dilemma that people fuck up all the time like they'll hit somebody in the middle of the night and they'll fucking run, and then that person dies, and then they're up for vehicular homicide. But if you actually hit somebody, uh, and let's say you weren't drunk, and you stopped, you called the cops, you did the right thing, chances are you never go to jail for that. You know, Well, you but hardly people, ever go to jail, jail for vehicular homicide, but you could be charged with murder if you're drunk. So if you're drunk, and you hit somebody, hit a pedestrian, it's best to drive away. Uh Really? Even oh, though if yeah. they catch you later? Even if they catch you later because they can't prove you're drunk at the time, you could be found liable for the hit and run. But I don't think you can get, like, murder one for it. Well, I know that you can, if you hit somebody and you kill them, so you're not drunk, and you run, then you're 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 fucking going to the clink if they ever catch you. But well, I mean, maybe. If, I mean, if the best thing is to throw them in your trunk and go bury them in a shallow grave after you cut their teeth out and their hands off. <laughs> I mean, that's why I keep that's why I keep uh, a hacksaw on the back of my car. It's just for safety. Man. Same reason I got that that little glass brake tool there under under my seat. You just never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> Good. We're watching too much Dexter. <laughs> oh, Dexter yeah, is man, a I never thought about show that. for covering up murders. I mean, oh, uh, uh, that show, fucking what a. <laughs> After like the third season, it just I think just tanked. This is well, <laughs> I mean the the amazing thing Dexter's running around killing people left and right. He's fucking yeah. yakking on his cell phone the whole time. Well, that doesn't even and, make any uh, sense. Wow, we can't solve some of these really gratuitous How serial can, killers. Where can we get this thread together? I mean, searching <laughs> cell tower records is standard procedure these days. Well, that and uh, yeah, that and like you almost catch the serial killer. And then they just disappear off the radar. Yeah, all said and done. That, yeah, like, oh, what that, happened? That, that show where they went downhill. I didn't watch the last season. I heard it, it terribly. <laughs> he ended up in the mountains with a beard. Oh, my God. Why'd you tell me that? I'm still watching it, man. Oh, still really? Watching, like, I'm like on season seven or some shit. Uh, you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. So it's still, I guess, we, there's no right and wrong about what you would do. Uh, or what you could get away with. Although, I think I would be more on Lewis's end of the stick. I think I would try to, as much as, like, the fucking worry might eat away at me that I'd get caught later on, I think, like, just the the morality of, like, doing any fucking ounce of time or being held up because some fucking maniac yeah, just think uh, about assaulted the- me. I mean, it's bad enough for you get in an accident, even if it wasn't your fault, all the running around you got to do as a result mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. You, even may, mean, if, if you're injured, just imagine. You got to go to PT and shit. You're missing work. You're taking sick leave. Even though the other insurance company is going to pick up the bill, they're never going to pick up those days and hours and, and all that suffering you have, right? Unless you I guess you sue for pain and suffering. And reliving it. 
you know, I, I, I think like karma would give you an out and say, get the fuck out. You know, yeah, it'd just be nice just again. to wash your hands clean of it, leave, yeah. and never have to worry about it. So that's no, what I, I would be. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to do the calculus. It's a tough decision. I, I don't, I don't I think, blame any of their choices in this. I think it would have disposed of the body a little bit differently. <laughs> I mean, look. You I would have thrown, out. like, I would have thrown a few rocks on top of that mound. Well, I, I mean... I, I is that gonna? I mean, you're right. You I mean the bodies are gonna are gonna wash up? They did a pretty, or just like just just you know manned up and fucking dismembered the thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's sort of a tough. It's a tough thing. Dismember. It's not a bad idea in this situation. But then again, what are they gonna dismember them with? Well, fuck. They man. got a you Bowie knife. Like, I, I guess know. you could. Could you, you imagine like, like popping like a freshly dead corpse, like taking your Bowie knife and popping their leg joint out after you cut through all those ligaments what a pain in the ass no that's what always disgusting that's what that's always bugged me about dexter and they show like the real macabre shit where he's like fucking cutting people apart and putting them in bags you know he stabs him through the chest stabs him through the chest and all of a sudden he has five nice neatly taped bags to go dispose them yeah they're full of ferrets (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know that that would have been the more thorough uh, method of disposal, but no, uh, you know. I think it's tough in that situation. Plus, they they got to keep their timeline. They can't show up late, otherwise things seem fishy. Ah, uh, true. Right. Well, okay, so we can understand their decision and not. So let's talk it. about the Lewis Ed dynamic a little bit. All right, go I ahead. Think. Then I want to talk about two things, two complaints about the film. Okay, two complaints. Uh, well, Lewis Ed is, I think, viewed by Lewis as sort of the. Well, he knows that he has an issue, obviously, with 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 uh, killing killing live things, right? And so uh, he makes that comment where uh, Ed goes out trying to hunt the deer in the morning, comes back empty-handed. But wh- and- why would they hunt a deer? Does he make any? What are they gonna? Are they gonna take the meat back with them? They're gonna field dress it there? Fuck, I is don't that know, the plan? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> no, they're on a so, river rafting trip. They got a bunch of geek supplies with them. They're literally going home the next day. It's not. Was it a hunting trip? I don't know. Yeah, or were they just going to yeah, kill yeah, it just for the hell of it? Just man, you're out in the wild, just fucking ripping shit. I just want to kill. I just want to kill and drink blood. I I yeah. mean, I guess. I mean, I, I it's fine, fine with hunting, but if you're not going to dress and take the carcass back with you and eat it. It's the 70s, man. You'd be cranking up the old Ted Nugent, listen to the Great White Buffalo. You got to get your rocks off somehow, just, man. You're out in the just wild. Just kill it, carve a little bit off the rump, roast it for breakfast, and then leave the carcass yeah. for the wolves, I guess. Well, you know, or leave it for the, uh, the hillbillies. <laughs> for the flood. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but, but Lewis knows he has an issue with, uh, I guess, his aim, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing. He doesn't want to. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He's not that excited about killing something. That's an issue. No, no. He he knows he has this. That's the right word. Trepidation when it comes to. Uh, it's it's like Lewis keeps up the whole dominance right up to the end. Well, which yeah, because that's his personality. Yeah, and it's interesting, even when. Uh, there's the scene where they're about to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, sexually assault Ed, and Lewis is sitting up against a tree with the the, the bow pole, and he just waits. He like waits agonizingly long to pull the bow. Right? Well, I mean, he didn't see. He didn't see the rape. He's coming on the scene. No, he's but to, he's trying you to can, comprehend what exactly happened here. I mean, is this a situation where I want to kill this guy or not? It seem like that's not what he's doing, though. That's not what he's doing because he knows. I mean, Ed really? is sitting there going, "Why the fuck aren't you pulling the bow? What the fuck's taking so long?" He sees him and he's going, you know, and he's like, "Come on, goddamn it, come on!" And and uh, he just Lewis takes his time. Uh, he's I, like, it didn't seem unreasonable to me. He should take his time. He's like, he's fucking with decide him. whether. Now he's fucking with him. See, I, I, I don't see that at all. Oh, I did. I totally saw it because he knew. You know, he was. He was just. He was. He. He's always playing the game, right? Lewis is always playing the game, even under this crazy situation uh, where he's completely at. He knows that that 
Ed and Bobby are completely at his mercy. He's like letting him know that, you know, I'm still better than you in this situation. It's crazy. I know it's, it's, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem logical, but that's exactly what he's doing in that scene. You don't, you didn't see that. You savor the moment of me coming to rescue you. Yeah, just totally. Just like don't forget I am the this. alpha here's male. A, here's a few moments to remember the well, how remember powerless that, you were and how I'm coming to your rescue. Right, and I'm not hes- and I'm hesitating, unlike you, not because my aim is bad, but you know, to uh, let you know that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker, and you might not have that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. so. Okay, I mean, I I guess I can see it. I mean, anyway, I'd have to see that scene again to really pay attention to. I mean, maybe, but Lewis is a dick, right? Oh yeah, Lewis is a complete fucking asshole. He's a dick, but you know, there's something to be there's something to be said about having some dicks in your life. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it, And I'm not just talking about Bailey J here. Mark's favorite uh, transgendered porn star. Oh yes, that's, awkward that's right. silence. That's, that, that's what I was talking about. Awkward silence there. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, but then uh, at the, I guess the gorge scene where uh, Lewis says, "Now you get to play the game, right?" Because I've been playing a game the whole fucking time. Now you're going to go play the game, and you're going to go kill that fucker up on the top of the cliff, mm. right? Yeah, I you see know? that. That's nice. That's nice. And then that's he nice. has to do it. And then he starts getting, you know, he starts getting the shakes. Yeah, he was, uh, he certainly was shaking. <laughs> well, yeah. And then just by a fucking miracle, he gets the guy through the gizzard and uh, takes him out. But, uh, the, I mean, that, I don't know. See, that sort of interpersonal play, I think, at least for me, there's the, the whole morality tale about, you know, what, 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 what they're doing, and is it, you know, right? I guess is it what you would do? It puts you in their position. Well, you wonder but is then, it was the was was that guy was that guy up on the hill shooting at them? He waited the yeah. whole night to try to kill them. Yeah, because they had to come out of the gorge. They were they were trapped down there, right? Because I I guess the movie I thought the movie left it open ended that maybe it was just some guy that happened to be up there at that time. Well, it was well, it was no. Is there a oh? I think it was, well, he freaks out, right? Because he's like, oh, man, I killed the wrong fucker. And then he notices he has his bridge in, right? And then it is the guy. Oh, well, really? Was that the same guy? Of course. Oh, I, th- I thought it was, I, I didn't I didn't know it was the same guy. I thought maybe it was somebody different. Well, he freaks out because he's like. Oh, so that bridge was supposed to mean it was that guy down there. Okay. Come on, man. Haven't you seen Deliverance over 20 times like myself? I've, I've only really watched it seriously this one time. All right. Okay. All right. Now let's right. get on to your bitches. Okay. You so, um, first bitch. Um, it's a nice movie. They're heading down, having a nice little, uh, you know, slightly risky time going through some, uh, you know, sort of semi-rapid areas on their on their boats. Uh, nice little meds adventure, sort of like that great movie, uh, Wild Hogs, that was out a few years ago. With <laughs> um, and then out of nowhere, they just they pull over to the side of a river in the middle of nowhere and. Two guys come up out of the woods with guns and rape them. Yeah, That's see that pretty far out there. Look, you're you could probably go I'm down with a you. lot of rivers in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and probably not get raped. Now, the way they play it off is that maybe they're moonshiners, and I can see maybe if you're down in Central South America, well, you run across the grow up. I guess that's possible, but it doesn't seem like the case. It seems like, look, if these two guys really want to rape somebody. You know what I mean? You don't go out in the middle of nowhere and wait for a couple of city folks to go canoeing down a river that nobody goes canoeing down. You know well, what I mean? I, no, I think that I think the whole raping business, like they were going to kill him because why? Fuck. Yeah, see, see, the, the motivations of these two guys doesn't make any sense to me. They're just bad let's guys. Assume, well, let's assume the moonshine and thing is the uh, impetus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's assume that that assumption is correct right it's not a bad it's not a bad idea to why they would be hostile from the get-go but they could have totally just said now nah, we're hunting up here have a good one <laughs> and just 
you know, uh, that would have been the end of it, right? I mean, but, I guess that's the conflict of the movie. Without these two sort of maniacs, the movie doesn't happen. Yeah, the maniacs it motivation. Seems such a, it seems so far-fetched. Now, the maniac's motivation is far-fetched. I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it needs to be justified by any sort of plot device, though, to get the point of the movie across. I, it, I didn't... it doesn't, but goddamn, I just, just it's so outlandish. It's so boogeyman. It's just a couple of boogeymen coming out of your closet. In this the movie's of the kind of fucking scary if you're a middle-aged white guy, right? It could be like fucking butt rapists hiding up in the hills coming for you at any second. Yeah, see... It's kind I'm of scary, not man. about butt rapists hiding up in the hills. Come on, coming man. To get me. It's like, it's, you know, it's the uh, monster <laughs> in the closet for uh, middle-aged white dudes. I guess. It's just, uh, it's not something I think about much in my day. Yeah, well, you would be thinking about it if somebody fucked with you. I mean, so. maybe if I got, I mean, look, if, like, I'm, if I got, like, mugged and pistol whipped or something or beat up real bad. Yeah. Right. I could see that giving me a complex about stuff like this, but this never happened to me. Well, so, I mean, what if they, in the process, it's like, ah, oh, we're going to kill him. Well, let me rape him, too. I mean, you know, what if that was the whatever? Well, I mean, I mean, if they're going to kill me, I mean, I guess they might as well. Maybe they yeah. could kill me, then rape me. <laughs> and then eat you. Maybe they could, yeah, they kill yeah. me, rape me, then eat <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, the, I'll, I'll give you that one. Okay, I, so I, the, I second, understand. the second... Uh, well, actually, there's three things. Uh, the second thing, uh, terrible day for night shots there for oh, about well, 15 minutes. I read about that. Absolutely fucking horrible. In- inexcusable well, re- for a movie that's generally pretty well shot. That's just horrendous. No, I, I well, okay, so I read a little bit about this, and this is one of the one of the problems with, I guess, this era of filmmaking. It, it, it's sort of a holdover, but... They had a problem with exposures. Of course. And, I mean, that's the whole idea. Well, that's why they do day for nights. And and sort of the uh, oversaturation or undersaturation or whatever the fuck happened with with that. Uh, the, the, the thing is, day for night works pretty well as long as you do your shots right to make it look like it's a clear night with a full moon. But they're fucking doing shots with the sky in the background. They're just impossible shots to do day for nights. Yeah, that, that there was a couple of shots of John Voight sort of and silhouetted they, against the hillside that was And they terrible. did they did some like really piss poor um dodging on some of the shots where they tried to dodge out the sky a little bit which gave all these terrible outline artifacts. Yeah. The thing is I'm with you. The 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 DP fucked up. It's just a fuck up. It's just uh, straight, there's nothing there's no way there's no other way you could say it. The DP didn't know what he was doing. And it seems like in sort of the modern age, you could have gone through and, and cleaned a little bit of that up if you're doing a reissue of the film. Uh, I mean, I you could probably. I mean, yeah. you probably could do quite a bit to clean that up, especially if you had some uh, some images before they did that terrible dodging on some of those backlit scenes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awful. Um, yeah. Third, the, the denouement of the film. They they should have left it at them right after um, James Dickey does his little bit and they drive off. That should have been the end of the film. But they go back to uh, Ed coming into his wife's arms and then having a nightmare about one of the bodies popping up and then yeah, yeah. waking up from that nightmare. I don't I don't understand. What is the point of that denouement? The show he's haunted by it? Oh, man, no shit. It's just so ham-fisted. Uh, like yeah, they had actually movie. shot another ending, I guess, where um, they're, I guess it was sort of in, in maybe one of those dream scenarios. So it, it wasn't legit. It wasn't ambigu- ambiguous, but it was something like uh, they uncover like a body and you don't get to see the body, but it's one of the victims or one of the guys that, you know, one of the three like one of the guys pops up and floats downstream or something. Yeah, something like that. And then you're like, so, well, what's going to happen? Is this going to come back to haunt these guys? Basically. Yeah, I'm with you though. I, I think it That's could have just, just ended. It could have ended with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so there's my there's I, my three, and I think there are legitimate issues with the film. Yeah, they're a little. I'd say they're a little. They don't. Take one's it. a plot issue. One's uh, right. uh, just a straight technical issue, and one's probably an editing issue more than anything. Yeah, I'm with you. I I I don't think it detracts from the points the movie makes, but I, I'm with you. It would have been a much more deft. 
package if some of that shit would have been cleaned up. But the, I don't think you're ever going to get around to the, the hillbillies. No, you know, I don't think you can. I think you just, it, it, that's, just, that's just a given for the film. You just, just, need, you just need a fucking troll you need a couple the of fucks. You need a couple of fucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would, and that's fine. It's really right. the other two that really bug me more because they're so simple. They're such simple fixes. Right. Okay, I mean, so there's a few yeah. There's a few things I wanted to mention somewhat ancillary to what we've been talking about. But uh, John Borman did this film. Something I learned recently, Charlie Borman, his son. Does that name ring a bell? Charlie Borman? Yeah. No. His son. Charlie Borman was Ewan McGregor's uh, motorcycle companion. Oh, God, Long Way Around and Long Way Down. Long Way Down, yeah, Yeah. which is a a great Did you watch Long Way Down? I watched Long Way Around, but I never watched Long Way I watched Long Way Down, not as good, definitely not as good. Yeah, I didn't Uh, think so. Long Way Around was really good. But anyway, Charlie Borman was, he was an actor, but I don't think he was like a, he had, you know, he was was definitely not an A-list actor, but they met on set for something. And yeah. uh, Charlie Borman was John Borman's, and then he's Irish, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. it, I mean, last time I checked with him, and this was a number of years ago after I saw A Long Way Around, is I guess he was doing because that was several years after it was put out. He was still doing adventure writing and did oh, some really? adventure TV okay. shows. I don't know what he's up to these days, though. Okay, uh, let's see what else. Uh, dueling banjos. Actually, there's no. There's only one banjo. There's no. There's no dueling. There's one banjo, one guitar. So. Uh, no, oh, dueling banjo is always a guitar versus a banjo. Well, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> Otherwise, you get confused what was going on. Yeah, beautiful so, scene. Was that kid really mongoloid? No, 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 no. He uh, <laughs> he just looks real. He just really looks real red. But I read about him. Uh, what's his name? Did he did he not have makeup on? No, I don't know. Maybe he might have had makeup on, but oh, he, he turned out he did. He wasn't retarded or anything. He like. I don't know. It turned out okay. He worked at a Walmart or something. He's working at a Walmart or something. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, he turned out. He just kind of, kind of little uh, backwoods looking, I guess. But he wasn't uh, retarded by any stretch. How about that poor little girl with cerebral palsy? Yeah, in that one shot. Yeah, they really hit home the hill people being all fucking inbred. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was maybe that was a way to try to make the two crazy fuckers that they run into make more sense yeah these people are hooked up yeah run into some uh, crazy fuckers i don't know if a genetic deficiency makes you a uh fucking sodomite or not but uh well we're all sodomites my friend uh let's see what else oh i've met john voight and didn't know it how about that oh really well tell (laughs) me he was filming a movie up at western movie up at western some like made for hbo thing some period piece Mm -hmm. and uh it was of course they used for a period piece they used the campus of western washington university (laughs) i don't know it was like some indian rights uh political story i had no interest in ever watching Mm. and uh part of it outdoor shot was filled in front of old maine because it's sort of a classic uh turn of the century or i'd say oh you right. century looking building yeah wasn't that was over. it like night 1892 or something yeah and uh i remember walking by and i didn't read any of the you know scuttlebutt on them filming a movie but they had like a film crew out there and they had like an old-timey car like a model t or something and uh we're filming like some i don't know some outdoor shot and so they were in between shots and i was walking back to the dorm and I passed one of the actors, and he was like, you know, he had a top hat on and a beard and like glasses and stuff. And and he looked at me and he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, and he was like, "Oh, pretty good." And he's like, "Oh, filming a movie." He's like, "Yep, yep, just waiting for another shot." Yep. And it's like, "Oh, cool. Well, the welcome to Western or something." I said something goofy like that. Oh. <laughs> and, and then I read the Western front, and the dude I was chatting with was John Voight in makeup, but I didn't know it. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's pretty interesting i've never heard that story uh, it only took us 118 episodes of the cult of matt and mark to get to that uh i think we need to get on to the review ebert uh, reviewed uh deliverance in 1972 on october 9th he gives it uh, two and a half stars, which is usually considered a, a moderate thumbs down by him. It's sort of the highest score you can get for a thumbs down. Um, and he, I think he makes some salient points about some of the issues uh, with this film. Um, 
<clears throat> he starts by talking about a, a, a an account of a terrible journey in um, Antarctica. I won't get into the details, but basically, uh, he calls it the uh, worst journey in the world, and it sounds like a pretty terrible journey. But he goes, he says, this movie is also uh, Deliverance is also a story of a worst journey. He says, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> summing up the characters, one of the four is big and on the old machismo. That's interesting. Big and on the old machismo. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, Anyways, there's he's the big machismo. on the old machismo. Oh, he's big. <laughs> Boy, what a, what a, what a interesting use, such a casual bit of verbiage there. The yeah. other three to various degrees are unsuited to make the journey. But by the end, one of them is dead, one has been raped by a demented hillbilly, and the other two have each kill a hillbilly with a bow and arrow. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah, that sums that's it up real nice. I like that. Yeah. He yep. says, um, Dickie, uh, who wrote the original novel and screenplay, lards this plot with a lot of significance. Universal, local, whatever happens to be on the market. Boy, I like, I like that dismissal right there. I think I think that's a good point. Wow. He is clearly under the impression that he is telling us something about the nature of man, uh, and particularly civilized man's ability to survive primitive challenges. Yeah, I think I think he's right there. I think that uh, Dickie's a little heavy-handed trying to like make some universal statements about the film that don't well, maybe- really make sense. Um, he says, I don't think it works that way. He says, this movie, however, is effective on the level of simple adventure. And he says the scenes of violence and rape also work. Um, and he also he goes on to say, as it sometimes happens, the performances have a validity that transcend the film. He, and then he goes to talk that all the characters, John Voight and Burt Reynolds, uh, are finely tuned. Their performances are finely tuned and very good. But he goes on, what the movie fails at, however, is its attempt to make some kind of significant statement about its action. For all of his six feet four inches and prowess with a bow and arrow, what James Dickey has given us here is fantasy about violence, not a realistic consideration of it. Well, what's that mean? I, I'm, I was confused by that statement. I, I, well, I, I think, don't understand. I mean, a Dickie sort of, I like the word lards. I mean, the, the movie starts out with all those scenes of the rape of the environment, the, the change man makes. And then these really heavy handed scenes, we've talked about it, of the hillbillies, unrealistic, super heavy handed scenes about okay. like these crazy hill people that don't probably exist very much, at least not in modern America. Right. And uh, and then he goes on, you know, to which is an effective action movie and some good performances. I'll, I'll admit it's a nice it's a nice action movie. But in the end, it's it's an action movie. It's an adventure movie. And uh, it doesn't really yeah. tell me anything, I think, about it doesn't really doesn't really seem to get at any real truths, even with all this talk about the game. Well, no, what I think it, yeah, that's maybe part of the machismo bit coming through. Um, you know, survival is the game. Whatever. No, I mean, I think he's he's saying this is a good film. It's a fun film. But the accoutrements that Dickie throws in there are really pointless. It's just an adventure well, film. I, I guess, but, I mean, you know, I mean, God, the nature of violence. You, you could, I mean, movies have uh, stepped into that and dealt with that and, um, you know, that's. It, it's, I don't think with this movie, at least, not what I got out of it. And I got out of this moral versus legal quandary after the fact. That God, man, what would you do, and what are you justified in doing? I mean, that's a and good part of the film. Your, and what does your conscience tell? Let what would your conscience let you get away with? And how will it let you get away with it, or will it let you get? you know, let you get away with it. To me, it's, that's, to me, that's the most important part because I'm a worrier by nature and having some kind of, you know, uh, issue with no statutes of limitations hovering in my past that could come back and, and bite me. 
is it worth not dealing with it in the present because it's inconvenient, a hassle? Uh, there's uh, hazards, legal hazards involved with it. Look, man, or, we've all killed some homeless guy. It's just something you do in your 20s. Don't yeah, worry well, about it. You got rid of the body. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I was doing it with a hammer just for some sport. So. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, that reminds me of the worst internet film I ever saw. Oh, God. I can, I can never get it out of my mind. Oh. Did you travel down a dark alley oh, of the internet, God, my friend? Like, oh, this is like 10 years ago. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh. You should know better. I'm not I don't even do talk that. about it. I don't want to bring those images back to my mind. I, Go ahead. I, I, I have never watched a beheading video and never will. Just no, this because, is worse uh, than that. But, uh, fucking worse than I'll, that? I'll see if I can find it. Let's don't, just say no, there's three young it. men in Russia in jail oh, for the rest of Russia. our lives right now. They're sitting in a jail. I think one of them maybe got killed in jail. Okay, enough they, said. They I did think, the worst uh, crime you could even imagine. I think you've described enough for me. It involved Sorry. Hammer. Sorry for bringing up the... Oh, uh, and, and uh, like a, a screwdriver. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. oh, my God. Sorry for bringing up some PD, internet PTSD oh, on Jesus Mark's behalf. Christ. Anyway, okay, that joke went south. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm so, to, to me... Sorry, uh, please don't post it on the Facebook page no, for everybody. Believe me, I'm not gonna. I I, I don't know if you, could, you probably could find it on like what's that? Something links something. something what is that? Oh, there used to be some sites that uh, stock and trade was yeah. was. Uh, we, I could like, probably find it if I was so nah, but I'm not going to. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. All right. So that's my thing. That's what got me. I guess involved or invested into the movie and it wasn't so much the adventure tale because it's a uh, i think adventure tales have sort of evolved since then you know we got indiana jones in the early 80s i, I think that kind of uh, filled that niche uh, more more so than deliverance to, for me yeah it's not deli- really a fantasy adventure this is more of a gritty adventure well you know and i guess it, to me it just seems that Ebert was was dwelling on, uh, like you, some of the unrealistic elements of the film that I was willing to oversee or shoot past to get to some of these, uh, I thought was a bigger point of the movie. It's like, what the fuck would you do and could you live with that decision? And to me, that's that's what the movie's about. And, that, and I think you're right. I think you're misinterpreting what Ebert's saying is he's talking more about the sort of heavy-handed environmental elements yeah. of the movie and maybe some right. of this game talk well i think it was just where the movie was set i, I don't know if I, to me i didn't get that i didn't get the whole raping uh, I, of I, re- environment I really think business. dickie was going for something like that and maybe uh, it's maybe the points made better in the book i don't know to me it just seemed a useful plot device oh because they ad- could get away with it it's like the perfect yeah for advocating yeah. especially when when uh lewis goes on about how being under 200 feet of water is fucking buried. You know? No, no, no. And, that, that's a, that's a wonderful piece of dialogue, and I think you're right. I think that I think that the, I think they were going for something bigger than that, and I think they failed there. Okay, I, I thought it was a plot device, a plot mechanism that worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, On that uh, level, it certainly did. Yeah, and I didn't think too much about it. Past so you that took it was, more as an adventure movie. It was, but it's just the, the more like, what would I do? That's kind of the, I mean, that's, that's to me, because I'm a worrier and I worry about everything Mm. and I I, I would worry about a crime that I committed that was never exposed to the law uh, for the rest of my life. And uh, just like John Voight waking up in the middle of the night with a, you know, cheesy (laughs) fucking corpse hand coming through the water (laughs) that Mark hated Uh, to me. And I didn't mind that because to me, that would be me. You know, uh, freaking out constantly about that. So, okay, all right. So next week's movie I've never seen before. I was I took an internet um, uh, poll this week. I think you saw it uh, on Facebook about uh, favorite films through different uh, years, and one they brought up was In Bruges. And I really like In Bruges, and I started thinking about movies with feels in them. In Bruges. It's a fun movie, and it's it's a it's a beautifully wrought little little piece of writing, but the feels are a little more superficial in it. And I was remembering a movie. I was looking through my. I have a big list that I keep full of, uh, you know, when movie ideas come up. And this is one that I think really 
I don't know, just it's got a lot of emotional oomph to it. And uh, so I'm going to throw it out there and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's the movie called Secrets and Lies. It's a British film from 1996 directed by Mike Lay. Uh, there's a couple other Leaf movies that uh, are well known. Vera Drake was pretty well received back in 2004. I never, um, I never watched it, but I, I think I might see it sometime. It's about a, uh, a, a female abortionist in Britain before it was legal. Another really move, good movie uh, called Topsy Turvy from 1999, which is a real fun movie about Gilbert and Sullivan. He's done that one as well. But this one is just, it's really about family dynamics and uh, stress and betrayal and, and love and hate and desperation and happiness. It's beautiful. So next week's film is the uh, 1996 Secrets and Lies. Uh, and I guess until next week. You did good, Chubby. You did good.